Once again, glad to have all our guests with us. Please come and see us again. Oh, I feel the sweet presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Told you about Brother Valentine many times, but the phrase that he'd use when he'd really get in the spirit, and I kind of felt it while ago, was sweet Jesus. He'd get to saying sweet Jesus. So he was about 35 before he found the Lord, and he was about 65 before I ever met him, but he still hadn't got over the thrill. Sweet Jesus. Hallelujah. Very familiar scripture, Joshua 24 and verse 15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Bless you, you may be seated. Not long ago, driving down the road, I don't remember if it was in Pearl or wherever it was. I saw a sign. I believe it was in Pearl. But it just struck me. And I, as I prayed and meditated, I just hadn't been able to get away from it. It says, life has a lot of choices. Eternity has two. Life has a lot of choices. You make a choice of, you know, what you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. You know, every day we're making all these choices that we make. But when we get to understanding that in eternity, there's not a lot of choices. There's only two choices. I will throw this in. One of the most best choices you can ever make is to choose your attitude. I want you to know your attitude is going to affect your altitude and everything you do in life. I was reading a story this week and I thought it was good. Uh, this man walked up to another man and he said, how you doing? He said, I'm blessed. He said, I'm so good I ought to be twins. And every time he'd meet that man and he'd make, he'd always say, how you doing? The man would say the same thing. I'm blessed. I'm doing so good. I ought to be twins. And a few weeks or months later, he heard that this man was a construction man and he fell out of a second story window and, uh, like to died and had to put rods in his back. And a few months later, he ran into that same man and he didn't hardly know what to say. And he said, how you doing? And the man said, I'm blessed. I'm doing so good. I ought to be twins. And he said, well, I, I knew you had this problem. He said, well, let me tell you, when I fell out of that window that day and I laid there, when the paramedics got there, I could tell the way they was looking at me that they didn't think I was going to make it. And they were whispering among themselves and they put me uh, in the ambulance and took me to the hospital and, and said there was this big nurse looking down at me and saying, sir, are you allergic to anything? And, and I, I looked up at her and I was trying to blink and I realized in that moment's time that I had a choice to make. I could either choose that, hey, this is the end of the world, or I can choose to keep a good attitude. And before he could answer, she said, sir, are you allergic to anything? And he opened his eyes and said, gravity. And when he did, the nurse began to laugh and the other people that had been so tense, he, he told him, he said, look, I want to live. I choose to believe that God's going to help me out of this situation. So I do want to tell you this morning, you got to make up your mind when life throws things at you. Are you going to allow it to beat you down? Are you going to make up your mind? Praise God, I'm blessed. I'm on my way to heaven today. I'm a tongue talker. I've been baptized in Jesus' name. I've got got a reason to have a little spring in my step. Is everything perfect in my life? No. But I got a perfect God that's on the throne today. 
I choose to believe that he's in control of everything. Hallelujah. We make choices. What kind of job do I want? What kind of car do I want? Usually it's based on how much money do I have. You know, what kind of friends do I want? What, what, am I going to go to school or not go to school? So life is full of all these choices and some of them, you know, don't seem very important at the time that later on turn out to be important decisions, but we make them all the time. But when this life is over, when life is over, the thing we've got to realize we're making a choice right now where we're going to spend eternity. People spend more time planning their vacation than they do planning on eternity. That's the sad fact. And so we need to understand that it really ought to be a simple choice. I used to tell them when I evangelized, I said if I had $10,000 cash in this hand and I had a ball-peen hammer in this hand and I said now you can either have the cash or I'm going to tenderize your head. Which one do you want? Everybody says they want the cash. Folks, it's really that simple a decision today. Do I want to live in eternity with peace and joy and in the presence of God or do I want to end up in a lake of fire with eternal damnation? What kind of choice is that? I'm here to tell you today, it's a simple choice to give your life to God. I said it this morning, I couldn't help it in Sunday school class because it was on my mind. Just want to tell you right now, if you ask me what does it take to be saved, everything. Everything. It's going to take everything you've got. You've got to be willing to give God everything. If you're holding back anything, your hobby, your whatever it is you like to do, if you're holding back anything in your life, you're never going to really be right with God. You've got to come to a point in your life that God, I'm willing to be anything you want me to be. I'm willing to act. I'm willing to dress. I'm willing to go. I'm willing not to go. I'm willing, God, anything you want. When you reach that point, that's when you find God. So no sense beating around the bush. He said, take up your cross and follow me. He said, deny yourself. He said, you are not your own. And so I have got to come to grips with that. We live in a church world today that wants to tell you, as long as you just believe on the Lord, everything's going to be all right. That's not what the Word of God says. You must be born again or you cannot enter the kingdom of God. You've got to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and then he went on to say I've got to love the Lord more than my mother my father my brother my sister my spouse my children even than life itself that's how much I've got to love God and if you're living below that you're probably not ready to meet God today I don't care when you talked in tongues what matters is where are you right now God is my heart still wide open to you can you still speak to me can you still lead me and guide me but you see I am in search of eternal life I am in search. I want you to know there are going to be trials when you live for God. There's going to be disappointments when you live for God. You're going to get hurt living for God. And that's once again why your attitude is so important. I can't allow to get a chip on my shoulder. I can't allow to get bitterness in my heart. Because if the devil can get me doing that, he doesn't care if I never drink. He doesn't care if I don't fornicate. As long as I can get something in my spirit that 
keeps me from being right with God. But I want you to know he changed my life April the 18th, 1981, and I've never been the same. Oh, I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace. I'm telling you, I'm not in here just for having a good time. I'm here because the almighty God came down and changed my life. And of course, who wouldn't want to go to heaven? No pain, no sorrow, no death. But you know what? You're making a choice today. You're making a choice today. God's not going to send anybody to hell. People say, how's God going? He's not. God's not going to send anybody to hell. You're making your decision today. You choose yourself what you're going to be because it's kind of like the example if we take you out to the lake and, and we throw you out of the boat and we say sink or swim and you say, I'm not going to do either. Yes, you are. In other words, you got to make a decision. We didn't ask to be born in this world. None of us asked, but we were born in this world. And now it's sink or swim. It's repent or perish. It's holiness or hell. We've got to understand, praise God, that we've got to do everything and anything that we can. Matthew 13, we talked about many fish are gathered in. And then verse 49, it says, So shall it be at the end of the world, the angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Listen to me, children. Listen to me, young people. We don't preach enough about a place called hell. There is a place that you don't want to go to. There is a place that was prepared for the devil and his demons. But because I am an eternal soul. If I'm not able to enter into the portals of heaven I'm going to find myself in the lake of fire. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want anybody in this building to go to hell. Church, it's time we shake ourselves. Everybody you meet is a living soul. Your neighbor's a living soul. You got to stir ourselves. We want to save the lost. Why is it going to be that way? Hebrews 10 and 28 He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. In the Old Testament, if you did wrong and there was two or three witnesses, they killed you. Or they did whatever the law said to you and there was no mercy. But verse 29 says, If how much sorer punishment suppose ye shall be thought worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. I want you to know today he was saying if people in the Old Testament deserved to be stoned when they broke the law. He said that is nothing compared to us that understand about the blood of Jesus Christ. And I make up my mind that I'm going to live any way I want to. That it doesn't matter what God says. I need to understand I am judging myself. If you're not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what Jesus said. And he said, because of your own feet, you have trampled God. You have treated God with disdain. If you do not regard the blood of Jesus Christ as special, there is no other sacrifice, folks. There is no other plan. That's what he's trying to say. You've got to understand. And then you have insulted the spirit of grace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. None of us deserve to be saved. None of us ought to even have the opportunity to be 
saved. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But if I spurn that grace, if I push it away, if I say I don't want it, God just leave me alone. I'm going to tell you I deserve to go to the lake of fire. The almighty God came and robed himself in flesh. It's not the second person in a Godhead. The almighty God became a man and he walked the shores of Galilee and they spit upon him and they crucified him on a cross. If that doesn't move you, he's saying you deserve to be lost. Oh God, help me Lord. Hell is going to be a terrible place. It's going to be anguish in so many different times. It's going to be an emotional anguish. Can you imagine never understanding that never will you have another chance? Those of us that have heard the word of God preached, how many times are we going to over and over and over replay every message that we ever heard? Are we going to remember the time we felt him knocking on our heart's door? Are we going to remember the time that we talked in tongues but somehow we allowed ourselves? I'm going to tell you it's going to be hell. It's going to be terrible to know in your mind that there's no hope coming. The Calvary's not going to show up. There's no other way out of here that I'm doomed forever in a lake of fire. I want you to know we've got to be saved. We've got to be saved. And of course, he said there's going to be physical anguish. He told the story of the rich man and why he lifted his eyes in hell. He said, please Father Abraham, would you let Lazarus just put his finger in some water and touch it to my tongue. He didn't ask for a glass of water. He didn't ask for a pitcher of water. He was so parched. He was so burnt. He was in such pain. He said, if I could just have him stick his, stick his finger in some water and touch the tip of my tongue. I'm going to tell you it's going to be a terrible thing to be lost. I'm going to tell you if you're here today, I wouldn't leave this building without being right with God. You don't want to go to the lake of fire. And this world has made hell an adjective. They've made it an adjective. No. Yes. And they've played on that to where now people say it and don't think anything about it. It's a joke to people. Folks, if we believe in heaven, you got to believe in hell. The same book that tells me about heaven tells me about hell. The same book that says he's a loving and a gracious God tells me that one day he's going to be my judge and he's going to open up the books and I'm going to be judged by the books and if my name is not written in the Lamb's book of life he's going to say depart from me you worker of iniquity. You better understand today whatever it is you get that thrill out of it's not worth it to go to hell. It's not going to be worth that kind of sin. What other pleasure that you think you have when you stand before God the Bible says describes it as a bottomless pit I can remember myself a time or two having a dream when I was young and had two or three you know one where they was chasing me and I couldn't run fast and I was always wake up scared but another time or two I dreamed that I was falling and there was no bottom to it I've heard people actually say I want to go to hell because that's where all my friends are there's not going to be any partying in hell there's not going to be any drinking in hell there's not going to be fornicating in hell I almost know it is a place of torment and the smoke is forever going to
to ascend. We better understand, church. You better understand, young people. You better understand, children. The reason we're trying to see you saved is not just so you'll be a good person, but because there's eternity facing us. I wished I could believe in annihilation of the wicked. That you just got thrown in and burned up and you was gone. But that's not what the Bible teaches. You see, it'd be bad enough if you just, if you didn't do good, you just got killed and thrown in the fire. That'd be bad, but there's been some days I probably would have risked it for that. But I'm going to tell you, I live for God because I love Him. But there's been a few times in my life that I wanted to remind myself, not only am I living for God because I love Him, but I do believe that there is a literal place called hell. I don't want to go there after having heard all the preaching that I've heard, after having talked in tongues all the times I've talked in tongues. Oh, I don't want to be lost. I'm telling you, hell is a terrible place. And you're making the choice today. I wish I could make it for you. I wish somehow I was able to do it. But eternity, I remember one of the Bible studies years ago, they had an example. It said if a sparrow flew from the earth to the moon, and the moon was a big giant steel ball bearing, and just brushed his wing on that big ball bearing and flew back to the earth. And I forgot how long it would take it to fly, but it was years and years. It said by the time that ball bearing wore away, eternity would have just begun. Eternity. We're not playing games. We're here because we want to be saved. The reason I'm in this church, that one saw said, I don't want to be lost. I want you know, the Bible says some are saved by fear. You better understand, he said, you'd better not fear the man that can harm your body. You better understand there's one that's got your soul in his hands. And he created that soul that you might fellowship with him. But if you do not fellowship with him, he is saying, I've done everything that I know to do. I died for you. I sent you preachers. I, I sent you people to talk to you. I let you feel my presence and you still walked away from it. Could we stand this morning?